Welcome to Screen Thoughts with Hollister and O'Toole. The auction house is across the street from my home. I found this box loaded with negatives. I won it for $380. The history of street photography is being rewritten. Vivian Maya. Vivian Meyer. Vivian Maya. Exhibitions in New York and L.A. and London and Chicago. We've had more interest in this work than any other photographer. There's one particular that I bought which I love. The composition is slightly off to me and I think that's why I like it. Vivian was a very private woman. She was so awesomely neat. She was not an open person. She was a closed person. Vivian was my nanny. Yeah. She was our nanny. We certainly had no idea she took photographs. She lived on the third floor in our attic. This was the forbidden zone. One of the first things she asked me for was please to put in a lock. She said, don't ever open this door. He didn't know there was this creative person there. She took so many photos. Around 100,000 negatives, 700 rolls of undeveloped color film, 8 millimeter and 16 millimeter movies. She would take us and we would just walk in the worst parts of town. And I think she liked that. You know, maybe we just didn't understand her. What would you say to Vivian now? What drove you to hide yourself away? I did her, why the f***? <laughs> why the f*** didn't you ever show me all the stuff you did? I thought I was a friend of yours. In death, she is getting the fame she never had in life. I'm uncovering an artist. If I'm leaving this giant boulder unturned, it would be a mistake. Of course, she would have hated every minute of it. She would never have let this happen. She had some compulsive behaviors. She was a pack rat. I asked her what she did. Her answer was, I'm sort of a spy. We would say, what's your name? Miss V. Smith. There's a piece of the puzzle missing. As she was photographing, she was seeing just how close you can come into somebody's space. That tells me a lot about her. She could generate this moment, and then she's gone. Is there anything that you wish done differently then? Sure, I wish I would have found those negatives instead of you. Hey O'Toole, I'm so excited that we're finally getting around to talking about Finding Vivian Mayer, which was a documentary I saw a number of months ago and I begged you to watch as well. And this documentary talks about her life, it talks about her work, and it talks about the man who discovered her. It's an amazing documentary and O'Toole, did you love it as much as I did? I'm very <laughs> glad that you had me watch it because I know one should not judge a book by its cover, but from the poster, it's not a movie I would have gravitated towards naturally, even though I love photography and it shows a woman with a camera. It's because the poster that I saw was in black and white. Her stern image would have put me off a little bit. She looked something like a cross between Eleanor Roosevelt and Amelia Earhart having a bad day. <laughs> She does. Oh, my God. She absolutely does. The story structure really appealed to me um, because it's as though it's a story within a story. It's not just the story of Vivian Meyer, but it's the story of John Maloof. He's a very engaging narrator, and his story is as compelling as her story in terms of the lengths he is willing to go to. He started going through thousands and thousands of negatives. He had them printed, printing them himself, and then he thought, these are so good, but then 
many thought maybe they're not so good. So let me put them up on the internet to see if other people think they're good. And that's when it took off. It's what, you know, was one of the first viral takeoffs. John Truby, who's truly one of the gurus of story structure and the storytelling craft, he often says that to have a strong screenplay, you need to have at least two genres, if not three. And watching this movie, I thought it was a perfect example of how well the detective or mystery genre blends with that of a documentary. So as you watch your narrator try to solve this mystery here, who was Vivian Meyer and where did these negatives come from? And how is it that we had a great talent in our midst and no one seem to notice. It makes the documentary much more watchable. Great point. Great point. Truly great point. And it's one of these very intriguing stories. It reminded me a little bit of the great Harlem Renaissance author Zora Neale Hurston, who also died in obscurity, and her reputation was really salvaged um, and rehabilitated by Alice Walker, who went, discovered her unmarked gravestone, and let the world know about what a talent she was. And everyone was stunned because she was living down in Florida and working as someone's maid. And with the story of Vivian Meyer, here she was, this huge talent in terms of a street photographer who really captured an amazing visual archive of the 50s, 60s, 70s in New York and Chicago. And she was working in total obscurity as a nanny. She's a very, very um, complicated character, And the story of her being a nanny where some of these children were terribly frightened of her and others, you know, remember her with great love, but all of them were dragged on these day trips to really somewhat seedy areas. You know, did their parents never ask them, where were you? Where did you go? You know, it's just shocking to me that she got away with it. And she clearly was fired from a couple of jobs because of her increasing, uh, you know, nuttiness and how she approached things. But it's clear also that she probably was a nanny because she just needed to have a way to live to be able to take these pictures and then hoard them. She was a hoarder. And one of the interesting things brought up in the documentary is that one of the families she worked for was Phil Donahue's. So even (laughs) Phil Donahue, who's always, you know, out there looking for the next big story, did not realize that he had a talent in his home. It is definitely the era before the nanny cam was invented. Yes! The way she lived her life was totally in secret. So 80% of what she cared about and she did with her life, nobody ever knew about. No one they found who ever knew her ever knew she was a photographer like this. Nobody. She lived a double life, Vivian Mayer, for sure. One of the things that I I really liked about the documentary is that they showed people who had completely different perspectives on Vivian Meyer. So as you mentioned, she died penniless. I mean, at the end, it sounded as though she were eating cat food out of the tin. I think it was corned beef. Let's not exaggerate. (laughs) It was interesting that while some of her former charges looked completely traumatized still thinking about her, and it was very disturbing watching the scene where they were interviewing one of the now women who used to be one of the girls that Vivian Meyer took care of as a nanny. She was talking about how Vivian Meyer force fed her. And I thought, oh, this is difficult to watch and hear about. And Yet other people said that she was magical with children. And at the end of her life, when she was penniless, apparently three guys pooled their resources, three men who she used to take care of as when they were children, and they paid her rent at the end of her life. I have a feeling that if Vivian Meyer didn't like you, she was Mm -hmm. brutal. And if she did like you, she 
engaged you? Because the the differential between how these kids experienced her seemed to me the only way it could be explained was in how Vivian Meyer felt about them personally. When I looked at her work, I saw the same judgment in how she aimed the camera at somebody. When we look at her work, uh, I, I can't tell you, I don't think there's a better photographer in the 20th century that took uh, portraits and nobody probably covered as much ground by foot to take them as she did. It's interesting too what an archivist she was because not only did she take 100,000 <laughs> photographs, right. oh, yeah. she yep. took video um, very early on and she also recorded many audio files. Her voice actually I thought was beautiful. It sounded to me more like Ingrid Bergman. She's from French origin so she in English was not her first language but you would never have known it. know that uh, yeah. for sure and that was another big mystery in the documentary is they hired a genealogist to say where did she come from some thought she was German because of the name Vivian Maya some assumed she was French because of her French accent and according to the genealogist not only were there just startlingly few records about her and her family um, he says that her mother was from France, but supposedly she was born in New York City. I love the way they started the film by showing snippets of the people they go on to interview, each looking stumped, presumably when asked, how would you describe Vivian Meyer? So I thought it was a perfect choice that the very first word you hear in the documentary, a paradox. I don't think she was somebody you wanted to hang with or go to the movies with or be a friend to. totally agree. And yet um, in all her photographs, I think there is definitely a fearlessness where she had no qualms about getting up very close to the people she was taking pictures of. The camera that she used, the um, Rolleiflex, it was the first probably spontaneous camera that could be used without, you know, a huge amount of setting up, uh, but that took a really good picture. It was a game-changing camera. And she probably used it because she could hold it down by her waist and no one would notice it. And it had a top viewfinder, so she didn't have to have it at her face. So she could take pictures of people pretty close to her, and they probably didn't know she was taking them. It was the perfect camera for a spy like Vivian. It was interesting to me, too, that when they tried to track down her closest living relatives in this tiny little small town in France, um, they one of her you know, relatives showed the documentarian a camera and he assumed it had been Vivian Myers. And they said, no, this was her mother's camera. So considering that she was born in 1926, I thought that was very intriguing that her mother must have been a very early photographer. You know, she was the first selfie girl, Vivian. I mean, her selfies are, would be right. She'd be at the top of the Facebook parade. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The documentary was directed and produced by Charlie Siskel, and John Maloof. Charlie Siskel also produced Bowling for Columbine, and he's the nephew of Gene Siskel. Who knew? Who knew? (laughs) Siskel and Ebert, exactly. One thing that I thought was fascinating is that this Oscar-nominated documentary was funded through a Kickstarter campaign. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, my gosh. So wait, how much did they try to raise in Kickstarter? They tried to raise $20,000, and in the (laughs) end, um, they raised just over $105,000. Oh, wow. And one of their backers, They ended up with almost 1,500 backers. One of the backers was the actor Tim Roth, who was nominated for an Oscar for the movie. I didn't know he was ever nominated. What was he nominated for? Um, Tim Roth was nominated for an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor in the movie Rob Roy. And he does Ah. make... Yep, he makes a cameo in Finding Vivian Meyer. Um, He is the man pictured at the end where they're showing an exhibition of her work, and he bought one of her photos. He liked it because it was, how did he put it, off kilter? Not 
the photo I would have chosen of Vivian Meyer's work. And the other thing I noticed in the credits is that a special thanks was given to Judd Apatow. You always find some obscure creditology thing that I don't even know if that's a word, which leads me to the game that I want to play with you. You're going to be Vivian, and I'm going to ask you a few questions, and you can give one sentence answers, okay? I'm already feeling a little creeped out that I'm going to be Vivian. Okay, right now, I have the questions, so I get to not be Vivian. <laughs> okay, all right. Vivian, do you think you're pretty? No. It's so funny. I looked at her self-portraits, and I think she thought she was. I, th I, maybe I think not she pretty, would have but... thought it was irrelevant. Ah, well, then your answer would be no, and why are you asking such a stupid question? And then she could have force-fed me milk duds. That would have been <laughs> fine with me. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Vivian, did you like the people that you shot? Some. Vivian only speaks in one word sentence. <laughs> yeah, she's a very terse person. <laughs> <laughs> Vivian, why were you a nanny? It was one of the few jobs open to women, and it let me roam the streets all day with my camera with little people who probably wouldn't rat me out. Vivian, did you ever read Emily Dickinson's poetry, and did you think that your photos were like her words. Even as you say this to me, an interesting question would be... Oh, you don't like my question? No, 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 no. It's almost like celebrity <laughs> boxing. What would happen if you locked Vivian Meyer and Emily Dickinson in a room overnight and Vivian Meyer I wanted know, to right? photograph Emily Dickinson? I just felt that they were kindred spirits in some way. So here's my little game. I thought I would mention a couple of well-known documentaries. You can tell me what it was about Finding Vivian Meyer that reminded me of these particular documentaries. Okay, ready, okay, go. Cool. Okay, so the first one is Tim's Vermeer. I was in awe of his ability, his stick-to-itiveness without any release outside of it for months and months and months to, to do that painting. Yeah, I did. I and was. I'm in this, away I it. was very impressed with John Maloof. For example, when he came in possession of these photographs and he wanted to figure out who Vivian Meyer was, he was looking at the photographs that she had taken of a French village in the Alps. And he compared them, I guess, using Google Earth images and other photographs that he found on the internet. And he matched the steeples. So he flew over to this town with a population of 250, and sure enough, that's the village where Vivian Meyer had been. Okay, the next one, Searching for Sugar Man. He was somebody who wasn't discovered till after he was dead, an incredible talent, um, not monetarily driven, clearly, although I'm sure he would have liked some of the money that he made for others in Africa. Well, Searching for Sugar Man, I thought, okay, one was a musician, the other a photographer. And of course, the great reveal in the third act, if you will, of Searching for Sugar Man is that he was still alive, even though the world thought he was dead. Yeah, don't you wish Vivian was still alive? She's alive too. I don't know. I think she would have scared me. But um, Searching for Sugar Man, Finding Vivian Meyer, it's definitely, again, this thread of setting out to figure out who this artist was, who had given the world, um, you know, such art. By the way, both documentaries, what I love about your, your bringing them up to be compared and sort of, you know, viewed together is, you know, how nice to be able to in an hour see into the life of somebody like that, uh, that 
that never got seen in their lifetime, but also might never have been seen afterward without it. It's, it you know, documentaries are amazing, and those that's those are two great examples. Okay, and here's one last one. The documentary Who the Heck is Jackson Pollock? Um, I totally enjoyed that documentary. I did too. That was a good... I liked that. I liked it, yep. In terms of comparing it to Finding Vivian Meyer, I thought that one brought up the very interesting subject of the hoops that the art world and museums make one go through. They do touch on that in Finding Vivian Meyer, that some museums and galleries just refuse to recognize her because they say her work can't be authenticated. I just think her work is so worth exploring. It's such an endorsement for why there are documentaries at all. One thing that we should mention is we're in March 2015 for this particular moment in time for this podcast, and it's Women's History Month. And to me, I guess maybe one of the reasons I like her so much, even though she's not all that likable, you know, in 1960, for a woman to do what she did, the way she did it, the way she lived her life, all of those things, I respect her for walking the path she did at a time when women didn't. Women fell into line back then in a way that they don't now. So you go, Vivian, for being one of the first to step out of the box. You just didn't get noticed while you were doing it. It was definitely a formidable mystery that by the end of the movie, I had as many questions about Vivian Meyer as I had answers. She was a total question mark. I sort of thought she was living exactly the life she wanted. It just wasn't up to what we think uh, gives life great uh, intimacy. If you're looking to hire a nanny, I hope that people might do some (laughs) kind of background check. Get your camera out, O'Toole. (laughs) 